Good morning again. I invite you to take your Bibles this morning and open to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. We're going to begin a little mini-series here, the end of Matthew 7, starting in verse 13. We'll look at verses 13 through basically the end of the chapter over the next four weeks. And this mini-series is entitled, Two Ways to Live, as is this message. Two Ways to Live. Verses 13 through the end of the chapter uh, involve four different illustrations or pictures or analogies, metaphors given by Jesus, and they all involve either living this way versus this way. It's this way or this way, this road or this road, two ways to live, and in that we see the result of living this way or that way. So we're going to be looking over the next four weeks uh, over uh, this section of Scripture. So if you found your way there to Matthew chapter 7, I'm going to go ahead and pray. It's on page 812 in the Pew Bible. I'm going to pray, then I'll read our passage this morning. Father, we thank you that you are a wonderful, merciful Savior. You're the Almighty, Infinite Father. Your Spirit is a counselor and a comforter and a, a, a keeper. Lord, He holds us. Lord, we thank you for you as the triune God who is active in saving and keeping and preserving us until the day of Christ's return when we, Lord, are either, uh, Lord, we're, we're enjoying you forever. Lord, when we receive that ultimate inheritance of the new heavens and the new earth living in your presence, Lord. And I pray now as we come to your word, Lord, that we be challenged and warned as we look at our own lives, to inspect our hearts and to see which path are we on. Have we truly entered the narrow gate, or are we deceived and following the wide road? Lord, help us to understand your word and to look at our lives, Lord, to apply it. Lord, to seek to live for you with your help through your word. Lord, again, we thank you for this. We pray in your son's name. Amen. Matthew chapter 7. Verses 13 and 14. Jesus is speaking, and he says this. Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide, and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow, and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. I don't think most of us this morning here would consider ourselves experts in poetry. Would anybody say, I am a poet, and dare I say you didn't even know it? That's a bad joke. Um, you may not be an expert in poetry or ever read poetry. I haven't read poetry since like ninth grade English. But I'm sure you've heard this poem. Two roads diverged in a yellow wood, and sorry, I could not travel both. And be one traveler long I stood, and looked down one as far as I could, to where it bent in the undergrowth. Then took the other just as fair and perhaps the better claim, because it was grassy and wanted wear. Though as for that, the passing there had warned them really about the same. And both that morning equally lay, and leaves no step had trodden black. Oh, I kept the first for another day, yet knowing how way leads on to way, I doubted if I ever should come back. I shall be telling this with a sigh, somewhere ages and ages hence. Two roads diverged in a wood, and I... I took the one less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. 
How many of you have ever heard that poem before? Or at least the first phrase or the last phrase, right? Two roads diverged in a yellow wood. Two roads. Uh, I don't know the uh, official name of it, but by Robert Frost. And often you hear that or read that around graduation, right? Take the road less traveled. Uh, take the path that fits you. Whatever motivational you want to say there. And, and this poem lays out for us a decision to the narrator. He's there and the roads diverge. There's a fork in the road and you go this way or you go that way. And he took the one that was less traveled by. He took the one where the, the undergrowth had grown over and no step had trodden. He'd taken that path and in the end he says that had made all the difference. This idea of two paths, two roads to take and it being a decision point. That, that, that moment, the direction of your life changes. In Matthew chapter 7 Verses 13 and 14, we are presented with two paths, two gates, two ways by Jesus. And Jesus says, one is easy and broad and wide, and many go that way. But the other one is narrow, and it's hard. Not many go that way. But the way of one is destruction, of ruin, of death but the other is that of life, life eternal. Jesus is speaking here to a group of probably a thousand or more on the Sermon on the Mount. This is how he wraps up this sermon that begins all the way back in Matthew chapter 5. And as Jesus rehearses all of these things in the Sermon on the Mount, he is giving an illustration. He's describing to the people of what it looks like to be a member of his kingdom, and to live as he would call us to live. If you remember, the, the sermon begins with the Beatitudes. Blessed are those. Blessed are you. Blessed are the peaceful. Blessed are, are the meek. Blessed are, are this and that. And, and he's giving these attributes of, of those who would be part of his kingdom. And then he moves to being salt and light and how he came not to get a, destroy the law, but to fulfill the law. And really, then he goes in, in verses 21 through the beginning of chapter 6 of not getting rid of the law of Moses, but heightening it. He's saying, not only should you not murder, but you should not even hate in your heart. Not that you should commit adultery, but you can't even lust after a woman. And he talks about forgiving those, of turning the other cheek, of not swearing on God, but rather fulfilling your word of loving your enemies, giving to those who are needy. And then he talks about praying and lifting your heart to God through prayer, of not worrying about things you can't control, but setting your heart and mind on God, of not judging others, but dealing with your own sin first, of coming to God and, and asking, knowing he will give. And then we come here to the very end. He lays out this pattern of living to those who are listening. And he says, there are two ways you could go about this. You could heed this or you could reject this. And the call here is, which will you choose? And in verse 13, he gives a very clear command. Enter by the narrow gate. It's not a suggestion. It's not a question. But he's saying, do this. Enter by the narrow gate. 
If you would be a follower of Jesus Christ, a, a kingdom citizen, one who is a disciple of his, you must enter by the narrow gates. Our big idea here for these two verses is this, is that being a disciple, and remember, a disciple is a follower, and specifically a disciple of Jesus. Being a, a disciple means living contrary to the world and accepting the high call of following Jesus. So we're living contrary, different than the world. We're, we're not going the way of the world, but we are accepting the responsibility and the consequences of following after Jesus. And that's important as we think of the narrow gate and what Jesus says of the way being hard. But though it is hard, there is great reward. We see these principles of kingdom living applied to us through our faith in Christ. And as followers of Christ, these commands are clear and appropriate to apply to our lives from the Sermon on the Mount. But the world will tell you otherwise. The world lives contrary to Matthew 5 through 7. It lives completely opposite and backwards. But being a disciple of Jesus Christ means that we don't live as the world lives. We live according to him. And not everyone will follow after Christ. Not everyone will enter the narrow gates. And in verses 13 and 14, Jesus describes the result of those who do and do not heed his warning here. So let's look here. Two simple points. The command is clear. Enter the narrow gate. Why? Well, we're going to look first at the negative, and then we're going to look at the positive. Why should we enter the narrow gate? First off, because the wide gate leads to destruction. So verse 13, enter the narrow gate. That's the command. And then he says this, For the gate is wide, and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many. So Jesus is speaking here to the crowds. And they would understand the idea of a road or a path. And in this, these few verses, we have a several different words. We have the word gate. We have the, the word way. We have the word uh, a path, the idea of leading or walking. So sometimes people get tripped on, well, are we talking about a road? Are we talking about a door? It's, it's, it's all the same thing in the, in the imagery. <laughs> Whether it's a narrow path, narrow way, narrow entrance, it's the idea of one is big and the other is small. Many go one way and few go the other way. And he says this, the way that leads to destruction is wide. It's wide. It's big. How many of you like wide open spaces? You like plenty of room. You like a nice big wide shoulder when you're driving. You know, you got plenty of lanes to pick from. Most of us living where we live, we have plenty of space. And then you go visit a city even somewhat larger, and you're maybe in a downtown area, and it's like, you call that a road? That's a sidewalk where I come from, right? And you got traffic going every way. The way is wide. I think we're comfortable with space. We like the ease of it. We have, not, uh, we have plenty of, of area not to be crowded. It's nice. And Jesus says here, that way is wide. It's also easy. It's easy. It doesn't take a lot of work. There's an ease of access that is wide, but there's also no hardship. It's a nice, smooth 
Road. We were uh, in uh, Cedar Falls yesterday, and if you've been there recently, you go over the uh, the the, the inter- interchange from the north here, and there's a new section of asphalt that they must have done recently, and we're driving in north, and the back she goes, this is a new road. I said, how do you know that? She goes, it's smooth and black. I said, it is. It's a nice road. And then as soon as we were on it, it basically we got off of it, just a small section, right? And then it's bumpy again. But we like the smooth. You get on a nice, freshly paved road, and your, your car hardly makes a sound. It's easy, it's wide. This idea of traveling with ease. Who wouldn't want that, right? The way is easy. It's relatively flat. It's not confusing. There's no hardship. That's how I like to travel. There's no need for sacrifice or endurance or commitment. It's easy, it's simple, it's wide and warm and welcoming. Come this way and enjoy Just get on the path and don't worry about where you're headed. Just go. Just just drive, (laughs) you could say. And don't worry, you're not going to be alone. Jesus says those who enter by it are many. So this wide path, it has easy access. It is smooth. It is easy. It is comfortable. And there are going to be many there with you. It's not going to be a lonesome road. Who would not want to travel on it? The majority of people are on this way. It is broad and the path is easy. I think in our sinful hearts, that's what we like. Right? We love ease. We love comfort. We love things that aren't hard. We want to choose the smoothest path possible. Jesus says, if you go that way, it's wide. You will see it. It is smooth, and there will be many on that path. But what is their ultimate end? This path leads to destruction. It leads to destruction. How many of you are good at directions? Okay, some of you, all right. How many of you can't go anywhere without turning on your GPS on your phone? Okay, thank you for being honest. Appreciate that. My parents still travel often, uh, a lot. They're headed to, to Utah and Nevada at the end of this week. And as much as they use their phone, what does my mom still have in the front seat with her? A Rand McNally Atlas. She just can't get past it, right? So whether it's an Atlas or a GPS or... Remember when we used to print off directions off a of MapQuest? I saw a joke somebody said, did we really used to do that like we were pirates? You know, it's like, here's the map to the, to the X. Like, we, we need directions. We, we, we are we're trying to get to a destination. And the destination, the end result of those on this wide, easy path with many is destruction. It is death. This term destruction here means the idea of death, of judgment, of ruin. It's the opposite of the other path, which is life and blessing and enjoyment. It is everything that we don't want to happen is where this path leads. Did your mom ever say to you, 
well, if so-and-so jumped off a cliff, would you do that, right? Mom, I want to do this. Or Dad, I want to do this because everyone else is. If everyone else jumped off a cliff, would you do that? I remember that being said to me several times growing up. And here we see the flow of the crowd. Going with the flow. Jesus is giving the example of this wide path and saying this is the natural flow of the world, of sinful man. Because Satan loves to make the path easy. He loves to make it wide. He loves to put up the signs to welcome anybody and everybody in. And as the majority of the world is going that way, it's easy to say, well, if they're doing it, I, I do it. I'll go that way. Everyone else is doing it. That's, that's just the way that the world's going, right? You know, 200 years ago, homosexuality was wrong and abortion was wrong. But now that the, the world is going this way, well, let's just go along with it. It's okay now. Just go with the flow. No. Do not be led astray by the wide crowd. This is not a democratic process. You don't go with the majority. Jesus is warning them the way that is easy and wide, the way of the sinful world ends in destruction. That's one way to live. Secondly, the other way to live is more narrow. It's exclusive. He says this, verse 14, for the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. So as we look at one way to live, the way of the world, which is easy and wide and filled with many people, ends in destruction. The way that leads to life is hard. It's exclusive. It's narrow. So he says, for the gate is narrow. It's the idea of small or, or confined. Helping Pastor James and family uh, move some things in their new house. They helped move some old things out of, out of the house. And is it going to fit? I don't know. Is it going to fit? It's narrow. <laughs> I don't know. We got it out. We got the freezer out, didn't we? We did. The way is narrow. It's not hidden. It's not secret. It's not needing a password or a code or for you to earn your way through the gate. And that's where I think some people who are living according to their flesh have this wrong idea. They would look at this passage and say, well, psh, how dare God make the gate narrow? It's narrow. It's not hidden. It's not secret. It's not a toll gate where you have to pay to get through, but rather it's exclusive. This is the only way. He says the way is narrow. The gate is narrow and the way is hard. The way is hard. What does Jesus mean when he says the way is hard? Well, as we understand this passage and the rest of Scripture, we know that following Jesus involves sacrifice. It involves commitment. Paul says, for those who de uh, desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Jesus says in the Gospels, deny yourself, take up your cross daily and follow after me. There's an inherent denial of self, of sacrifice, of service, of living not for yourself, but for God. That is hard for us to do because we are sinful, selfish beings and we want to live for ourselves. And Jesus says, no, if you're going to enter the narrow gate, it will be hard because it involves sacrifice. 
commitment. You have to mean it. (laughs) It's not easy. Being a follower of Jesus is not easy. My parents always also said, usually if something's worth doing, it's going to involve some form of sacrifice or commitment or hardship, right? How many of us have been faced with something that we know needed to be done or there was a goal up ahead, but before you got there, there was going to be difficulties, there was going to be sacrifice, going to be hardship. We do it for all sorts of things, right? Saving up to purchase something. Doing a, a hard day's work or a hard year's work to build something, but we know in the end the reward is worth it. We do it in all kinds of areas of our lives, but yet when it comes to following after Jesus and our eternal destiny, eh, I'd rather take the easy way because we're so focused often at right now and not about the eternal. The gate is narrow, it is exclusive. It is hard. It involves sacrifice. But what does it lead to? It leads to life. To eternal life. Life everlasting. The greatest reward, inheritance, blessing that we could ever receive. This life is the idea of spiritual life with God. This is not destruction, but life. Jesus says those who find it are few. Not because they are kept out or turned away, but because the way is narrow and it is hard. Most people choose easy and pleasant over something difficult, even though there might be a hint of a reward at the end. The way is narrow and hard, but it leads to life. This is the exclusive way of Perhaps you've heard the term, the exclusivity of the gospel. The exclusivity of Jesus. What does that mean? And it's what Jesus is presenting here. There's a common thought in the world today amongst unbelievers that you worship any God, but all gods are the same. They all lead back to the same ultimate deity. So whether you're a Christian or some other vein of false Christianity or Buddhist or Hindu or you name it. Ultimately, there's this ultimate spiritual reality. and Whatever path you choose, that's where the conduit leads to. No. Other religions may say that, but Christianity does not say that. Jesus says you must enter by the narrow gate. There's one gate. There's not many narrow gates. There's one gate. And hopefully your minds, as we have been talking about this, have been going to the phrase of Jesus from John 14. John 14, 6. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man can come to the Father except through me. So Jesus is the way. He's the only way to God the Father. What other illustration did Jesus use of himself in John 10? John 10, he says he's the good shepherd, but he's also the door of the sheepfold. He's the gate. He is the entrance. He is the one by whom we have access to God. Jesus is the narrow gate. There's only one way to God, and it's through Jesus. Now, there's a lot of options for those who want to end up in destruction. But there's only one way to enter through that narrow gate to the ultimate destination of life, and that is Jesus. It involves sacrifice. 
It involves commitment. But through it, there is grace and mercy demonstrated to us through Jesus himself. Jesus says, you must follow me, but guess what I've done for you? I have paid the penalty for your sin. I have died on the cross. I've been resurrected. And now all my righteousness is yours through faith in me. And when you have faith in me, you are given the Holy Spirit. You will understand the truthfulness of my word. And I will be with you on this path. That is hard. But it ends in life. Jesus is the only way. It's not easy being a follower of Jesus. Jesus warns that. But in the midst of those difficulties, there are joys and peace from God. Following him comes at a cost. We deny ourselves, we take up our cross and we follow him. We die to self, we confess sin and repent. We must be ready to give all that we have for Christ. As Paul says, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Many will say that they are on that narrow path until something difficult happens. Then all of a sudden, they fall away. Or they only claim Christ because it's advantageous to them. Yeah, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. Yeah, I can put on the Christian facade, but then when that's not advantageous to me, I'm going to live however else I want. Is that you? You come to church on Sunday, you're involved in church activities throughout the week, with other brothers and sisters in Christ, and you can put on the face, but then, then you go to work, or you're with a neighbor. Then all of a sudden, your language changes, your attitude changes, your desires change, and you mold and are pushed and want to be like the world around you. You're being pressured to live like those on the wide way. Or perhaps... In the midst of difficulty in your life, as you're seeking to follow Jesus, you've thought, man, it would just be easier if I didn't believe in Christ. It'd be easier just to live this life without care and concern for what God wants. Yet that is not what God calls us to. And we must remember what the end, what the result is for those who are on the wide way. Destruction. Death either on the broad path to destruction or the narrow path to life. Two ways to live. Which path are you on? Two ways to think. Which way are you thinking? Two ways to approach the affections of your heart and your motivations. What do you want? Jesus says there's a wide way that the world is on, and it is easy And there are many on it. And then there's the narrow gate that is hard and difficult. But yet there is life. So as we reflect today, some questions to think about in your lives. In your own life, do you desire the ease of living like the world more than the ultimate reward of knowing Christ and eternal life? Now, you may be a believer in Jesus Christ, but those temptations are still real (laughs) to live like the world. Do not be swept up into that way of thinking. Secondly, taking a look at your life, not saying that your life has to be miserable, but are there hardships or are there things in your life that are difficult because of your faith in Christ? How do you know you're on that narrow path? 
path. Not saying that every day is miserable, but are there things in your life that are more difficult and more complicated because you're a follower of Jesus? It's a good question to ask. There have been instances in my life, in our life, in our family, of where because of our faith in Christ, what we do is different than the world around us, even our own family. And that just comes with following after Jesus. Not that every day is miserable or hard, but in the world in which we live, in our context in which we live, are there difficulties from time to time? And then just taking a step back. Maybe you've never thought about this. Maybe you've thought, well, okay, I've gone to church, but the implied response here is you must enter a gate. <laughs> You're on one of these two paths. You don't have another exit to choose from. You're either on the wide way or you're entering the narrow gate. Those are the two options. And as we continue through the end of Matthew 7 here, Jesus is going to continue to present the fact that there are two ways to live. You're either following after Christ or you're not. You're either a believer in Jesus Christ or you're lost in your sin. And I think that's important for us to remember. If you're not found in Jesus Christ, if you're not a believer in Jesus Christ, you're an unbeliever and you're on your way to hell. There's no neutral ground. There's no third way. It's either this way or that way. And Jesus says, enter the narrow gate. He's not describing these things and saying, well, you can't go the narrow gate. He says, no, I'm telling you, enter the narrow gate. Find the path to life and that path is through me. Beware of the wide path that leads to destruction. And know that there are difficulties with the narrow path but the end result is worth it. So which one are you on? Are you on the only way, which is Jesus? And he is the only way. It's only through him, through faith in him and his death, burial, and resurrection through the gospel of Jesus Christ that there is eternal life. Or are you following the wide way that accepts any and all ways of thinking, but in the end leads to destruction? May we seek to fulfill the high calling, high calling of following after Jesus, living contrary to the world, to the path that is wide and easy, seeking to trust Christ through the narrow path, through the hardships of life, knowing that it leads to eternal life. Which path are you on today? Father, we thank you for the command and the warning from your word. Lord, to enter the narrow gate, to not be swept away by the desires of this world. Lord, by the ease of travel, by the, the majority of people who are on that road. But may we seek the narrow gate. May we seek Christ and life in him, that path that, that follows after him. And Lord, that through the hardships of life, Lord, that we can remain faithful knowing that you are the one who keeps us and holds us. Help us to put off sin, to have our affections motivated not by the world and the passing pleasures, but by you. Lord, that we can enter the narrow gate, that we can persevere on that hard road and find eternal life at the end. Lord, we love you. We pray this in your name.